So we're back as always with uh, our Autocritic AI, which knows the objective score for every song, every album. Some people say it's a random number generator, but those people are wrong. They're fudding the AI. Yeah. Stop fudding. They're just stupid. I mean, just say, I mean, 10 years ago, you would have said they're just stupid, Charles, because they are. That's right. But yeah, we're here uh, with our friend Pat. Um, Pat Darty. he works for Roto World. You know, he's a numbers guy for fantasy football. So he's got to meet our AI, which is a numbers guy for the objective scores of music. I actually know the person who wrote the algorithm for this. Uh, the same guy who came up with average depth of target for wide receivers. So it's pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. So we're finally going to do just the whole Radiohead discography here. We got to pack it into an hour. Is it good or not? Yeah. Is it good? We're finally going to find out. No one has ever I mean, examined this before. Yeah. <laughs> the argument that launched a thousand flame wars. That I have participated in. Uh, mostly just against Charles. Um, so. I've showed up at so many people's houses over arguments about whether Kid A or Amnesiac is better. It is Amnesiac, <laughs> by the way. Um, What's your address? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll put it in the, ge- the generator and uh, it'll get back to you. This is like the main band that I'm annoying to talk to about. Probably this and like My Bloody Valentine is like no one should talk to me about. Because it's like Radiohead's just so good. They're just obviously the best rock band of all time to me. No one even came close, you know? So I can't wait to find out why I'm wrong, hopefully. Are they better than the Beatles? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. I mean, the Beatles sort of are the making... British Beatles. Yeah, that's right. Radiohead <laughs> is the British Beatles. But here's the thing. They didn't make songs about playing with octopuses and stuff. They made, like, cool songs instead. It's weird. Do you think I think you can make an argument the Beatles made druggier songs than Radiohead ever did. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think despite that's Despite being, like, much happier, family-oriented music... Um, it's pretty bad when Paul McCartney's druggier than you are. Yeah. Um, and I say this as Paul McCartney's one of my musical heroes, but like you should never, his music should never be druggier than your music. Yeah, that's right. I th- if there's one classic rock band I compare Radiohead to, it's Pink Floyd in the sense that both bands just did whatever they wanted for their whole career. And both of them became shockingly mainstream popular despite being like musician-y music that almost never gets to that level of popularity, you know? No, and never will again, obviously. Yeah, um, of course. Because I don't think the, uh, to go full old man mode, I don't think like the Spotify algorithm or whatever is ever going to be picking up like shine on you crazy diamond parts one to five. Yeah. Um, the closest thing to me today is Kendrick Lamar by being able to make like an hour and a half long album that's super difficult to listen to and abrasive and still be the biggest artist in the world. Like he kind of carries that torch more than anyone, but it's still like somewhat different, you know? Yeah, it's been Radiohead was sort of the original rappers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> telling uh, Tom telling York a was the original kids that. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you should flesh like, this Who's out, that? Alex. I want you should flesh this out for the final fifty minutes of the podcast, um, and then we'll run a score on that theory. Yeah, <laughs> it is only rap artists now, by the way. Rock artists, like I guess, they like, can't even get that famous anymore. And if yeah. they did, they wouldn't make that kind of music. They would just be like Twenty One Pilots or whatever. Yeah, like Radiohead is the reason why it's okay that rock is dead, though, because they did everything that needed to be done, you know? Yeah, they were sick of it. They were. They decided after OK Computer, like, this sound is, it's, we've explored it enough. Yeah, and, and they, they still right. use it, which I think is, I think it's the right move. Like, it, it shouldn't be a dead, it should be a sound that you can use at any time. Yeah, you exactly. can just insert into electronic stuff or dance stuff or pop or whatever. That's like, totally right. You can and do that's rock. What- or, I would consider all Radiohead albums to be rock albums. You know, there's 
usually they helped a expand live the diff- definition of rock, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like even like Amnesiac has like knives out or something, you know? Like every album comes back to like some kind of rock thing. I will say I didn't realize how much I missed like Pablo Honey type guitar, even though I've never listened to Pablo Honey, as we'll get into in a minute. Oh yeah, your big uh, um, reveal here. Your big yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I missed like crunchy guitar indie rock until uh, Teens of Denial came out six years ago, or I guess seven years ago now by Car Seed Headrest. Like I, I had been in denial about like how much I missed like crunchy rock guitar. That's why I've been telling you to listen to MJ Lenderman, dude. I know. I know. I've got, well, another thing I've revealed to the audience is that I'm a, a Luddite, and I, I have the MJ Lenderman CD that I'm actually looking at right now, not a joke, uh, <laughs> on my desk. And I it's on the list, Charles. Char- I have seven, seven kids, so. Um, yeah, you have about 700 kids. I do. We're working. We're trying to get to a thousand. We're trying to set some records that haven't really been matched uh, since the pre-Christ times, but we're, we're getting there. Um, yeah, well, we I have no just... kids and I haven't heard it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have no, <laughs> you Alex, have no excuse then. Yeah. You gotta be a friend to Charles, man. You're all he's got. Um, you he's never to... told me about MJ Lenderman. That's true. Yeah. I'm withholding it from Alex. <laughs> you need to get on our, uh, our indie rock, a white boy guitar thread that we have with each other where we just yeah. text each other about bands like MJ Linderman all day. Yeah. I've been thinking about meeting more white guys, Yeah, <laughs> but I guess we I should just jump him. into Pablo honey. Cause we got only so much time here. Um, yeah. Like Pat, you were saying you never even listened to it and it's obviously no. the one I've listened to by far the least, like most people. It's like, I took my marching orders, you know, from like my gen X, like, you know, when I was like 10 or 11, I listened to all the 20 year olds like, yeah, it's not even a real Radiohead album. Like, uh, there's no point listening to it. Like they, they didn't, they didn't, the band didn't really start until the bends, you know, creep is one of the worst songs of all time. Radiohead themselves, you know, don't exactly celebrate the creep catalog. Um, so yeah, I, when I, like I knew Beto O'Rourke in the nineties and he's told me not to listen to Pablo. Yeah. Hyatt, so I didn't. <laughs> I think my take on it is. Yeah, it's better than people think, but not amazing compared to all the rest of their albums. Uh, the thing that really like made it make more sense to me was during the pandemic. I think like during 2020, Radiohead was putting up all these full like live uh, recordings of their shows on YouTube. And the one, I don't know what it's called or whatever, but I think it's the only one from 1993 on the official like Radiohead YouTube, if you want to look it up. Uh, I just watched that whole show and I was like, oh, now I get Pablo Honey Radiohead. They're literally just contemporaries of Nirvana doing loud, quiet, loud 90s guitar rock. And that show is great because it's just like way more in your face guitars. They they played a few songs from the bands they hadn't released yet. And it's like, oh, I get this now. Like they're not the best band of that era, but that's what they were is like a Nirvana contemporary from England who then evolved massively beyond that afterward, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. like Nirvana ripoff, like pejoratively. People just dismissed it as like their fake Nirvana album. But um, the 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 DNA of Radiohead is in there because like you, I mean, I haven't listened to it in a long time, so I could be wrong about. Th- I think the time signature keeps switching from six eight to seven eight back and forth in you. It's something like that, uh, and you see like that the roots of the kind of stuff that they would really do on like Hail to the Thief and shit. They were already doing a little of that in Pablo Honey, so it is there are like these little Radiohead touchstones underneath the surface, you know? Yeah, it was like uh, pretty bright and pop sounding for grunge type stuff. Yeah. Like even in that category, it was, it stood out. It was and weird. It's just in, in contrast to newer Radiohead albums. It's like their grunge album. I listened but to, it doesn't I, really sound like that. No, I was listening to some of it today actually. And I noticed a weird production thing in it where it sounds like 
those like late 80s, early 90s, like Neil Young Crazy Horse albums. Like oh, it funny. had like it had like distractingly similar production to like Ragged Glory, I thought. And there was like a really bad drum sound at the end of the 80s and early 90s, I think. Uh, that was kind of on that album, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is one of the only two albums not done by Nigel Godrick. I've, I've um, never heard of Nigel Godrich, by the way. Uh, that, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of Neil Young because he's not on Spotify. That's right. <laughs> yeah, all um, four. So, I, I have a thousand kids. Neil Young has a thousand albums that will be returning to Spotify soon, I think. You have to uh, assign each kid one Neil Young album that you remember them by to keep them straight. <laughs> that's true. Uh, man, yeah, the one who gets uh, the Monsanto years, that's going to be the least <laughs> favorite. Uh, so. Yeah, what is Neil Young's seventh album? Is that is that like Harvest or is that in the eighties or the nineties? No, his seventh album is probably honestly like Russ Never Sleeps or something. Oh yeah, you're right. Like back into a good two, an all time yeah. classic. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think we got to give our Zuma. scores for this. Oh, Zoom is a classic. Oh yeah, it's a so great. You'd album. have to have a lot of. You would have to have like thirty kids before you start getting to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This this like, notes for you. <laughs> or yeah, to his songs about angels. Starbucks and whatever. Eighty five year old Neil Young <laughs> sleeps with angels. Yeah, that kid's gonna be like, well, I'm emancipating myself from my father. Um, All right, so I think for Pablo Honey, I'm gonna give it like maybe a six point five. That's maybe even a little harsh, but that's probably right. Like, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's fine. There are some great songs on it. You is a good song. Yeah. Uh, Thinking Ripcord. about you is good too. Yeah, Ripcord. For my one listen today, I'll give it a seven point one because. Something recently, I heard uh, "Scentless Apprentice" by Nirvana recently. Oh, I love that, that song! I, yeah, I, it's amazing. I re-listened to "In Utero," so I was kind of in that headspace. And yeah, it's a it's a much happier, brighter "In Utero" ripoff. I'll give a seven point one. Yeah, "In Utero" is one of my favorite albums of all time too. We got to do one of those. It predates today, that. Actually. It just, you're right. It actually does predate "In Utero." Yeah, it's actually pretty early in the grunge movement. If you date it, like uh, recorded in late 1992. Yeah, totally. It was it. birthed at the same time I was. <laughs> Giving it a 7.1, Charles. Okay, let's see what the correct score is. 5.0. A little harsh, but not that far off, you know? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'll accept it. I mean, yeah, I forgot, but that's kind of when they uh, when they first were breaking in America, like they were campaigning for for George Bush. Uh, I kind of forgot about that. So 5.0, oh, that's, that sounds right to me, actually, Charles. 7.1 <laughs> is way too high. All right. Let's go to the Benz here. Obviously, big step up. I think the Benz is interesting where it's like, if they had stopped their career there, you could have thought of them as like a better version of Oasis or something, you know? Like, it was Britpop, but it was also kind of grungy, but it was just better than all those other like Britpop bands, even though I like those bands too. It really started. Yeah, there's some. You go, Alex. No, you go. It's like it started to get into like some of those. It's where it really started to get into like those classic Radiohead guitar tones. Even though like a lot of that like went away on some of the subsequent albums, like much more than Pablo Honey, you felt like like the skeleton, like the the exoskeleton being created yeah. for everything that would come after. And some really, I mean, it was also yeah, it was like they were weird. They were like uh, like what's that kind of? They were like camera obscura, like Oasis basically, where it was like anthems. But like looking at them through like a pinhole, like very like warped, weird anthems. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically an album like I feel like no other albums ever sounded like the Benz. It might be my favorite Radiohead album. Oh, damn. I don't know. I think it's like it does in the have top a couple five, moments too. on there. Like I, I think high and dry into fake plastic trees. 
it starts to flag a little bit. Yeah, putting like two ballads yeah, it just kind of feels back. like a, like sappy FM radio a little bit. Those two back to back, it's like, eh, it's just feels like I'm listening to like Blind Melon or something. <laughs> Which I think they agreed with because what was the song they left off of OK Computer because they were afraid it was going to be oh, a hit. lift? Yeah. Yeah, lift. And we're like, it's like, I think they would agree with Alex's assessment. Like, we can never do that again. Yeah, they're so um, smart. Like, they made every correct career move in a way that almost no one ever does of staying at just the level of accessibility and popularity that they could stomach and not pushing too far. And it just paid off so much by the end, you know? Well, they missed a lot of career opportunities over the years. Like selling ringtones. Yep. <laughs> they did a um, dubstep album like Muse. They did MTV Spring Break though for Pablo Honey. They they dipped their toes. That's in right. That world. Isn't that like a really infamous clip? Um, yeah, it's really funny. Doesn't he, doesn't he, is that where he jumps in a pool wearing Doc Martens? Am I imagining? Yeah, this? I think I think that's right. I don't remember exactly how it goes down because it's been a while since I watched it, but it is at the pool party and everything. And I think he drowned and had to be brought back to life. And that's oh, what changed their sound. That's um, how we got pink eye. I was going to say the what, video what changed uh, their sound. Like that. The Karma Police music video was filmed there where he's drowning <laughs> in the pool. He was actually the baby from the Nirvana cover. Yeah. The 90s. Very young at the time. MTV 90s spring break. That was definitely like an apocalyptic the Karma Police vibe. Um, you yeah. can see how they were inspired to write Karma Police. Yeah, what the songs I like best on this one are Planet Telex, The Benz, Just is really good. The Just music video I think is really cool too. Um, I love My Black Iron Star Lung. Is really good. Oh, My I, Iron Lung, sure. yeah, amazing. I love the guitar tone of My Iron Lung. It's like the signature moment on the album yeah. to me. I don't know why. You would be, because, okay, the pedal he's using for that is the Digitech Whammy, also widely used by Jack White, so it's no surprise to me that you like it. Oh, widely used by who? Jack White. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a Jack. Oh, I see what you're doing. No, no, yeah. Come on, you're not supposed supposed to admit to liking Jack White in 2022, man, or whatever year it is. Um, By the way, the, I I regret to inform Jack White actually did put out a good solo album in 2022. Oh, damn. He puts out too much shit. He does. Well, he entered his Rivers Cuomo phase (laughs) with the, the 2000, with Boarding House Reach or whatever, it's like a, the 2018 Jack White album is a straight up Rivers Cuomo album, like not even joking. And I'm like, well, I'll never like another Jack White song ever again. Uh, had a good run. But uh, I hate the name. I hate saying it aloud, but Entering Heaven Alive uh, was a good album. Um, even though I'm too embarrassed to say the name live in public on a podcast. Okay, well, let's run a score on that. 5.1, a little bit better than Pablo Honey. <laughs> wow, improving. Yeah, you know, I would say they improved 0.1 from. Oh no, I meant on Jack White. Let's let's talk about the Benz a little more. Uh, Uh, For the Benz, I guess I would give it like a 8.5 or a high, maybe higher than that, like 8.8 something. Sure, I give it a 7.9 because it's still like not like the full Radiohead dream. It's still like more guitars than like, uh, but they're 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 getting warmer. All right, let's see, (laughs) 1.0. Oh, this one sucks. Okay, I, I got it. This is the worst. It's because Nigel Godric um, engineered the B-sides, but he didn't do the album tracks. So the B-sides were engineered better, so the album should have been much better than it was. So, I mean, to me, too, I forgot about how bad, bad the vibes are. I forgot this was the tour where they were opening for Bill Cosby. I knew I didn't like yeah. uh, anything. So, yeah, 1.0. I was, was going to um, say Bill Cosby 1.0. would come out to sing Creep with them. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I felt peer pressure to say 7.9. I didn't notice I didn't go over eight. Um, 
That was kind of like my silent protest, but I actually did think this was a 1.0 all along. Yeah, big step back for them. One of the worst albums ever. Yeah, there's a reason why uh, they never had another like FM radio hit after this album because they're just. I wish I could take back the years I spent listening to this. (laughs) This fucking trash. Well, live. That's why it has. It's never been reissued um, since then. So, like, that's why they should burn the copies. Yeah, that's why you have to get it off eBay and stuff because they've disavowed it. Yeah, Radiohead famously doesn't perform it ever. No. Yeah, they don't perform the bands. They don't perform anything before their current album. Yeah. <laughs> the moon, uh, a light for attracting attention, which by the yeah, way, is called litigation. Yeah. They're trying to wait. Is that, is that a real album? Yeah. It's, it's a, a smile. The album. smile. They're caught up in litigation though. Char- they're oh. being sued by fans who saying it just needs to be labeled a Radiohead album since there's no <laughs> difference between it and any Radiohead album. Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of his solo work too. Like when you're talking about, uh, a song that's made on a laptop by one guy. Yeah. He, uh, it's, uh, he, he's an elite bleeps and bloops guy in his solo work. Um, no one has ever put more bleeps and bloops into music than solo Tom York. I, they should be he a little bleeps and bloops, a little more like a animal collective where they'll just play a song or two from each other's solo albums in the animal collective set. Cause it's like, it's basically the same shit, you know? Or like, yeah, the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead literally put a solo Bob Weir song on their first greatest hits album. Even oh, though it was funny. just a Bob Weir song. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that's what Radiohead will be with the smile. Okay. Okay. Computer. Easy 10 out of 10 to me. That one and In Rainbows to me are just two of the best albums of all time. I listened to this shit trillion times in my life. I would listen to it in high school between classes, like listen to like five minutes of songs in between every class, you know? <laughs> On a oh, Walkman? Um, I guess we, you probably had an iPod. We had iPods in high school, right? Yeah, it depends on the part of... Co- <laughs> so I got a PSP before I got an iPod, so I would listen to music oh my on God. my PSP. And then I got an iPod when I worked at Target. I got an iPod, I think, for Christmas in 2003, and I was, like, so baffled. And I was like, this is pointless. Like, and uh, it, it's so suburban cliche, then it kind of changed my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, real sad, but... Um, yeah, I loved it. I give the iPod. I couldn't live without my iPod. I give the iPod a ten out of ten. By the way, oh, should we run a score on I'll iPods? Give it a nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah I'll I'll give give it a score. Life's not that good. I'm gonna give it an eight. Just the entire Ooh, genre. Four point one. Mm. Yeah, I mean the iPod Mini too small. The iPod Nano too dumb. Um, the original yeah. iPod had a plastic screen. Um. Yeah, it had a bl- uh, black and white screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a calculator. Come bunch, on. It was a bunch of bullshit, actually. iPod Shuffle had like 128 megabytes on it. Charles, should we score the Zune real quick? Yeah, let's find out. Was Zune better than iPod? Because Zune, it was just a victim. Um, it was 7.8. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The screen was bigger. The Zune was a victim of like uh, Apple derangement syndrome, you know, um, where yeah. Apple could do no <laughs> wrong. and. Uh, we were all just blind to the true glory of the Zune. They needed to make it cheaper, I think. What did it should the have been Zune a loss leader for Microsoft? What did the Zune cost? I wonder. I'd be terrified. To, it probably cost like six hundred ninety nine dollars <laughs> or something. Yeah, probably more expensive than you would think. All the products were like always two hundred dollars. They're always shittier and more expensive. Zune MSRP two forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, right, let's see. Oh, Inflation calculator. Oh, that's true though. Yeah, by then, by now, it's probably like four hundred bucks <laughs> or something. Yeah, in Biden's America, so you never thanks, know. Joe Biden. So yeah. if in 2007 I purchased an item for 249.99, then in 2022 
it would cost three fifty two eighty five. Oh, it's a little less than I thought. Yeah, but I'm gonna be, pretend oh to be outraged God. anyway. Honestly, that's in the realm of iPods. President yeah. Brandon listening to the Everly Brothers on a Zoom. He can't keep getting away with this. You can delete that joke from the podcast, Charles. <laughs> uh, so, so sorry. Come on, man. They're calling me Kathy's clown. <laughs> it was a heat check. Uh, it was it, For a heat check, too, I would have had to have been hot before that one, and I wasn't, but uh, just delete it. <laughs> I'm definitely not deleting it, but... Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, computer. Do we need to score it, or do we need to talk about it more? I guess we'll talk about it a little here. I mean, Airbag, perfect song. Paranoid Android, perfect song. Subterranean Homesick Alien, perfect song. Just doesn't stop. I'm running into a problem here, though. This is not, I'm on the OK Computer Wikipedia right now, and this is not a joke. On the OK Computer Wikipedia, they have a picture of Tony Blair. (laughs) In, In interviews after the album's release, Tom York criticized Tony Blair and his new labor government, echoing the album's pervasive theme of political disillusionment. Um, so wow, to- I didn't know he was conservative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Radiohead's a Tory band. They yep. are. They always have been. Um, so that's why I'm actually giving OK Computer, Charles, um, only a 7.3. Oh, see, now you got burned by the AI last time. So now you're trying to like compensate. You're trying to be cool and smart. Like, oh, that's I don't true. like it. No, I don't. Yeah. Actually, I guess uh, when we were talking about them like as a commercial band, this album paid off for them bigger than their actual like radio hits of like Paranoid Android and Karma Police are like massive songs. Like Karma it Police was, is still yeah, one yeah, that's yeah. Like, kind of like a festival sing along type of song, you know? It's true. Like it is is like the more they retreated, the bigger they became, including with like OK Computer. You're like they fully retreated, and then it became one of the fam- most famous albums ever made. Like. They were like doing everything they could to be less famous and instead just kept getting more and more famous. Yeah, because the problem they made was they made the music they wanted to make, which was the best music ever. Instead of making <laughs> shitty music, they're like, let's just make what we want to make. But what they wanted to make is the best shit. If they had got like funneled onto like the Candlebox career trajectory, yeah, they would have been disbanded by 1990. Oh, yeah, no question. Yeah. Or he would have killed himself. Yeah. That too. Like a lot of the people on that trajectory. Um, but box. yeah, this one to me, 10 out of 10, easy, perfect album. But let's see what's correct. It's fun to think about them purposely making something shitty. Like yeah. they have this album recorded and they're like, man, let, can we just make something that sucks dick? <laughs> they could have been the guys to invent like the 2000s, oh, 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 type of like fun, like four on the floor dance rock song. What would YouTube happen? music. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, what would happen if you gave Radiohead the Island in the Sun master tapes and told them they had 24 hours to turn it into a radio song? What do you think? Radiohead oh, that's kind of a fun would... thing. It'd be fun to like do that ourselves. Yeah, I can imagine you, like... You need to do uh, that. The 24-hour Island in the Sun Radiohead challenge. Yeah, like Johnny Greenwood doing like kind of arpeggios over it that are kind of like knives out or something. <laughs> yeah. There's a um, drum beat that's sort of uh, off time a little bit to yeah, propel it forward. Exactly. Make it sound edgy. Radiohead's next yeah, revolutionary, antsy, anxious. Their next revolutionary move would be to have a drum beat that is on time. To just do like a kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare the whole time. They need just a four-four drum I mean, beat. I mean, that's the point. Arctic Monkeys move, though. Of they made "Do I Want to Know" just to get more popular, and it worked. Of what if we just do a dumb song that's just kick and snare for five minutes, and that <laughs> song has a billion is, and a half plays on Spotify? It is literally just a kick snare song, isn't it? And it's amazing, I must admit. Yeah, I mean, Wait, they it's were only sort- drums. No, well, the drum beat itself is just doom, ka, 
I mean, the, the riff. The riff. Is I just great. like the idea of them yeah, putting out a, put a song out that's just doom, just the drums, <laughs> and it's the most popular shit ever. We're making dance music. Well, Pat, some other time you and me will have to do an Arctic Monkeys one like this because that would be fun to talk we'll, about. We will. Should we mix in the last Shadow Puppets to like f- fatten it up? A oh, little sure. Bit yeah, I would do that. But anyway, okay, we got to stay on top topic here. Okay, computer. 7.0 is the correct Ooh, score. See, I was right. Um, I said yeah, 7. You were pretty I, much right. I overshot it a little bit, but. Here's the thing it's good, but. You know, uh, one of the issues is it talks shit on computers a lot. Yeah, like what the hell? That's man? one of the main themes, and that's kind of uh, that's a detriment when you're talking about a computer rating system. That's yeah, right. Like, I, and if so, I wasn't disillusioned in 1997, man. I was watching like Mark McGuire hit dingers. Um, it was yeah, a good. You year. weren't questioning how and why he was hitting so many. <laughs> no, no. Um, History was cross his arms over. Yeah, it was. It was yep, all the that's way right. over, man. Radiohead trying to tell me that wasn't true. That was just a real downer. I think there's one more problem is that Fitter Happier is basically a skit. And this is a typical 90s album with too many fucking skits on it. Yeah, it's a rap song. Yeah. <laughs> it because was- it's just talking over a beat. Radiohead got better by getting by dropping their skits in the 2000s. It's true. Yeah. Who did it? What other rock artists did skits? Beck did skits. Oh, yeah, like on uh, Wero or whatever. He's fucking walking into the record and, store. Uh, yeah, that shit on a, on a Midnight Vultures, he had like skits like in between the songs, kind of. Like skits yeah. is strong, but like weird ambient noise. Radiohead, OK Computer would be better if Radiohead had a skit where Tom York is, is calling the plug. <laughs> so, can Tom York, has Tom York ever like told a joke before, by the way? Um, <laughs> like, what if he had to like do like an actual skit? Would he be able to do that? We got to try to get him. You should go on SNL. Yeah. (laughs) Or British SNL. What's their equivalent? Um, I can't think of a good. Faulty Towers. I don't know. Faulty Towers. That's right. All right. We got to keep rolling here. Kid A has a few of their best songs of all time, but like, I don't know. I, I think it might be outside of my top five for them. I think it's childish just based on the title. Yeah. It should be called a kid ABC. (laughs) It should be called adult a, that's right because it's for adults it's mature music if it was like an aaron carter album that would be one thing if it was called kid a but this is for grown-ups charles okay computer has one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever made though the the national anthem to me is one oh, of i mean the, kid a yeah 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 what did i yeah, say national oh, yeah. sorry you said no, yeah. Computer. yeah yeah no okay kid a the national anthem is one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever made. Um, and speaking uh, of I, SNL, their performance of that on SNL is cool, where they have like the little broken yeah, radio yeah. kind of shit. It's one of the most legendary SNL performances ever. It's kind of like what fully Radiohead pilled me as like a thirteen year old or whatever was seeing Johnny Greenwood like unplug. He, all he did like the whole I never seen a band come on SNL and just like unplug things the whole time. That was like the only instrument Johnny Johnny played during his performance. He was just like unplugging and plugging in like pedals and chords the entire time. Um, but it was amazing. It's a good bit. It was a good bit. Yeah, he hasn't stopped. He thought it was yeah. really funny. <laughs> so he's been doing it for 22 years since. It's amazing no one came up with that riff before. It yeah. took until 2001. Exactly. I think Tom York line. said allegedly it's something he came up when he was like 16 or 17. He said when he was, was 16, he wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I could think he would just like be playing without thinking about it when you're watching TV. Yeah, it just feels too stupid and then you realize, oh, we can just build something unique around it and it works. You know what's insane? Um, Charles, what do you think, what does it say about Tom York that he has close personal friends with Flea? 
I think that Flea is actually a good musician who makes whack music in order to make money. Because like the Mars Volta did albums with Flea and John Frusciante, and I love those albums. Yeah, Flea's like, got a lot of crazy friends. He was like friends with like the Cohen brothers. <laughs> yeah, like Flea and and John Frusciante are genuinely very talented musicians. They just play with some cornball bullshit to make a living. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they're both fully aware that Anthony Kiedis is a moron. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate Flea. Flea's Flea. He's a good guy. Um, but like, yeah, personal favorites on this one, how to disappear completely is a masterpiece. Optimistic is very, very good. Optimistic too, man. The, like, uh, 2000 was the final year you could ever release optimistic as a single. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, <laughs> like the one Oh five, seven, the point is our still like our butt rock station in St. Louis. And you're like in between like seven dust and POD, they would have to play optimistic and, <laughs> You know, like the DJ is just like drinking bleach, like when he has to play optimistic, but they were on EMI and Capitol, you know, so like they had no choice. They had to play it. And, uh, yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. I don't know why people didn't like that. Why they didn't like optimistic. uh, Yeah. Like it's not that weird. No, it's not. It just feels low key compared to like, she fucking hates me. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't brick wall limited enough. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like even then I heard the like uh, post grunge stuff on the radio and I was like, oh, this is awful. The, the nadir for rock radio was like 1998 to like 2005. But that was um, also the end of rock radio as like that's a, true. That's a, good as point. a meaningful uh, cultural institution. That's true. It still that's exists. That's what killed it. it. Yeah, it's true. It was, it was killed by Three Days Grace. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want modern rock radio to play new rock really. Yeah, because I, I know what they're point. gonna play. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty one bands from. Yeah. It's that or it's bands from now that sound like two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, true. It's bands that sound like Breaking Benjamin, and I would rather just hear Breaking Benjamin, honestly. <laughs> Breaking would Benjamin than just be classic rock, but for the nineties and two thousands, which is pretty much what it is. Breaking Benjamin was shockingly popular in suburban St. Louis. Like we're talking shockingly. <laughs> Diarrhea Jane is a great song, <laughs> but unfortunately, the way it's mixed is uh, kind of ruins it. It's like a pop punk song, but everything is slammed and the, every note is played at one twenty seven velocity. That is also the worst moment in history for brick wall limiting and just awful mixes that are just pushed to the limit. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> music from that era just sounds like dog shit now. Yeah, people were listening to one twenty eight kbps MP threes with earbuds, yeah. and it just had to be as loud as possible. Or people wouldn't hear it. And it was made it sound worse. Didn't really accomplish too much. That's what why are, I pulled back on it a little bit. What are some of the really infamous like uh albums like mixed into the red like that? Anything uh, Metallica. Like Death Magnetic Death by Magnetic. Metallica. Well, Death Magnetic, I think, is the most famous one, right? Californication <laughs> yeah. is another one. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause there was like like some well regarded oh, Charles, isn't the first Arctic Monkeys album? I was just gonna Redline? say that. Like it's it's kinda yeah. hard to listen to now. It's it's their worst sounding album for sure. Like I I like stuff when it uh when it's loud and it's compressed. But there's a point where it's diminishing returns. Yeah, there's a you're proper actively way to making do it. it sound worse. Like yeah. stuff from the sixties was not loud enough and it no. wasn't compressed enough. And yeah, I, I've had stuff from the sixties where I have like the original version and then you get the remaster where they do like redline it and it does sound like a lot better. Yeah. There's a, there's like a happy medium. And I think actually because of things like Spotify, ironically, we're getting to that happy medium 
where since like all the streaming sites normalize things now, there's no point in pushing them beyond a certain limit because it's actually just going to turn it down when you do that. So mastering has changed a lot in the last like five years where I think it is kind of reaching a better place. I did not know um, But I guess, okay, so my last thought, I'm going to preempt a bad score here by saying my thought on Kid A is that when you first hear this like back in the day, it's like, holy shit, I'd never heard an album like this. But over the course of my life, I've realized how direct, this is maybe their album that directly rips stuff off the most, where it's like everything in its right place, that's just they heard Aphex Twin. Um, Optimistic is like a straight rip off of the can song, uh, Don't Turn the Light On, Leave Me Alone. Like if anyone checks that song out, the drum groove and like the guitar rhythm is exactly the same. Like they just wholesale stole it. Um, how to disappear completely. All the droney shit sounds exactly like Scott Walker. Uh, it's raining today and stuff like that. So it's like, once you learn their influences, it's like, Oh, I see why they did all this shit. They were just listening to cool stuff, you know? Well, that's why I don't learn their influences. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is like a, this was like their painful transition album though, where it's not, you don't just like throw on kid a, I'm like, well, this is going to be a really great 50 minutes, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, like, or, I just love this one front to back. There are s- stunning, stunning heights though. Um, but yeah, it's actually, it's like one of their least, uh, like re-listenable albums. I'm still going to give it I like, think it's a- the best one to listen to if you're despondent. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I'm going to give it like an 8.8. 8. I'll give it a 7.2 again. I'll give it a straight eight. Nine point eight. This one's their masterpiece, wow. apparently. The well, one time just, we're starting to push back, then it pushes back against. Well, us. it just proves that like nothing. There's no. There's no algorithm. There's no group of people in the world that could ever get together and basically underrate. Uh, Kid A can only ever be overrated. Like no matter what, it's always going to be at the top, and even the machines understand that. All right, amnesiac. I think you already started by saying, Pat, this one's better than Kid A, which I think is true overall. It also has like some unevenness, but like Pyramid Song is one of my favorite songs of all time. I Might Be Wrong is great. Knives Out is amazing. Like Life in a Glass House is just something they never did on any other song. Yeah. Why wasn't on the first album then? Those were outtakes, right? They they claim they weren't. They claim they weren't outtakes, that they was just like they didn't want to do a double album, that they regarded them like as good, but they didn't like quite fit. I think they, they claim that it was just two different vibes, but I still think that's weird because to me, there's certain songs on both that are more similar to each other. Like Optimistic is similar to Knives Out to me. I don't know why they would put those two in separate albums, you know? This yeah. album, it's uneven, but it definitely has like way more sonic diversity. It has like more just like tunes. Like there's more like rock, yeah. just like tunes on this album. It's like a, it's definitely looser. Um, yeah, there's there's like a lot of different styles on it, and just like a lot more like individually memorable songs. For like Kid A is like memorable kind of for like the whole, but Amnesiac like Pack Like Sardines and a Crushed Ten Box is like just an amazing opener. I feel like yeah. um, Pyramid Songs incredible. I might be wrong is incredible. Life in a Glass House yeah is incredible. Knives Out, um, it is like almost as uneven. But yeah, I think it's got just like way more memorable songs. Yeah, the highs are so high. Like Pyramid Song is a perfect song to me. It's crazy. It is. Pyramid Song is an all-time good song. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say the same thing as the last. I'm going to give it another 8.8 because it is kind of like parallel. Like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's as good. Yeah, I'm going to say Which is weird. Like, I'm giving it a 9.1. This is definitely one of my favorite Radiohead albums. All right, let's just roll this one real quick here. (laughs) 5.9. 
little hard. Oh, wow. I mean, packed like sardines and a crushed but it's a little undercooked, you know. And, you know, it's like a steel drum, you know, pyramid song, you know, just like just a piano. Like they need more instruments on these songs. I think that's, from the it's AI's not about a pyramid, is it? Yeah, that's the problem. It should have just been about a pyramid and describing a pyramid. Like yeah. he doesn't say anything about a mummy. Yeah, or like golden treasures inside a pyramid, or no, and like, like uh, snakes, snakes yeah. in a jar. Instead of Godsmack doing that song for the mummy, it should have been Pyramid Song, <laughs> and it should have been like, oh, oh, there's a mummy. Yeah, Pyramid Song needed a video where they spent one point two million dollars on sand, and um, had the Rock as the hero. Yeah, because they're filming it like on a sound stage in England where there's no sand, so they spent yeah. one point two million dollars trucking in sand. They fly in a real pyramid from Egypt. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, then they keep it in England and put it in a museum and refuse Yeah, that's to what the British it. would do for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, how about this? The AI wants to hear stuff like hunting bears that's more like ambient because that's what AIs like. Yeah, what's more AI shit? So it's probably mad about songs like Knives Out and Morning Bell, Amnesiac, and stuff like that. I might be wrong. Too much guitar on that one. Chuck, what do you think of uh, Kid A Amnesia or whatever? It has like some of the outtakes. Some of the outtakes are incredible. Yeah, the one they released um, as like the first single was really good, but then I didn't go back to it. I should listen to that more. It's got a lot of like this like 90 second like fragments that were clearly just removed from some of the songs. Uh, and I guess you can understand why they would do it, but like a lot of the fragments are like amazing. Yeah, I'll dig into that more. All right, Hail to the Thief. This is probably like my third or fourth favorite album of theirs. This is when they got political, though. Kind of like what Alex was saying earlier. I, yeah. I can't get, can't the get album cover that. says things like George Bush, Tony Blair, <laughs> war. Does it actually say George Bush? No, on it? please no, tell me it, it does say war, I, I think. I've re- I think I read all of them at one point. I know it says oil. Yeah, it's all just like individual words and not like proper nouns. There's lube and donut. I'm looking at it right now. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Anti-Bush stuff is so funny. Even though it was correct. Yeah. Like it hasn't aged badly in the sense that he wasn't evil and he didn't kill half a million people. Well, it's just like anti Trump to get mad. uh, Anti Trump stuff too is just whack, even though it's correct. Like obviously he's bad. Kofifi stuff. Yeah. The anti Trump stuff was like even worse because like no one actually, like no one, like is the scene is so passive. Maybe because people saw like thought the anti Bush stuff was so cringe. Like no one even made like an anti Trump album or anything. Actually, um, they, we found one. We looked uh, it up. We actually, yeah. Yeah, we listened to one on this show, and it was unbelievably bad. Oh, uh, but you know, you're talking about the Weezer one, though. Um, the Weezer anti-Trump album sucks. <laughs> yeah. um, Dude, I would have to respect him if he did that. That's true, actually. The yeah, Summer EP is their anti-Trump album, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's on this album? Two plus two equals five. Masterpiece. There, there. Masterpiece. Where I end and you begin. One of my favorite songs ever. That's an amazing um, song. Mixomatosis, Punch Up at a Wedding has such a good groove. It, punch Up at a Wedding is like an amazing, especially for Radiohead. Uh, I remember 2 plus 2 equals 5 was like uh, like 17-year-old me was like, all right, they're a rock band again. Because um, like if you know, they hadn't had like a like a, a, a like in-your-face electric guitar in like three albums. Yeah. And at that point too, like in those days, like I was so confused that they put Sail to the Moon so early in the track list, but then... Uh, when I took piano lessons in my like mid twenties, I learned that song, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this song is insane, dude! I love it." There's a lot of insane albums, uh, songs on this. I remember uh, "Go to Sleep" too, like an absolutely amazing kind of like uh, yeah, totally like change up. They're there though. Like I hate because I hate saying it since it's a quote single. 
There, there might be like their best song. I yeah, think. it's a perfect like their song. best overall song. Um, I love every song on this album has weird shit. Like the songs that feel the most normal are still weird. Of they're there, the second half with like the huge guitar riff and stuff. That's like an eleven bar phrase they keep repeating. And then two plus two equals five goes through three, four, 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 and seven, four in like two minutes. But it feels so natural. It doesn't feel like they're doing like math rock, you know. Even yeah. though there's numbers in the title. There, there is one of the we- has some of like some of the, like the weirdest Radiohead sounds where you know at the very beginning I guess it's a guitar but it sounds like just like a really large like industrial fan. Do you know like the sound I'm talking about? Um, where it to me it's always sounded like a giant like factory floor fl- fan like spinning out of control. Um, no one else has ever heard this sound in their head. Uh, I can't but- think of. Uh- I guess it's I a guitar. You're talking about like a, a fat guy who likes Ramstein. <laughs> yeah, well, that too, obviously. That was Tom York when he was a teenager. He's tried to disavow that phase of his life. He used to be a huge industrial metal fan, just like his hero Rivers Cuomo. It's fun to think about if an album called "Hail to the Thief" came out now, and track one was called Two Plus Two Equals Five." Yeah, no, because it would, be- it would be like Van Morrison or Tom McDonald. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's so true. It would be it would be the album to to save free speech. It would be the sole goal of that album. Yeah, it would be a charity album to raise money for Elon Musk. Yes, the second track would be gas stoves, and everyone would forget what that means in three weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that yeah, the gas stove stuff will age very well, won't it? Some guy who lives in Alabama and he's never had a gas stove. You're not gonna pull this out of my fucking hands, man. And then track three is Goya beans. That's right. They forgot about Goya beans. I remember that, Charles. Um, I remember the Goya beans controversy was about. Are they still buying the beans? I think so. I think only like John Acapinti remembers it. Everyone else forgot. Well, I'm still getting owned, so I'm assuming someone's still out there buying Goya beans. Yeah, every time I see him at the store, I'm like, ah, fuck. Trump is so powerful and his supporters are so right. I've bought them. And Charles, they taste racist, but that's okay. Did we talk about where I end and you begin? By the way, that's an absolutely amazing. That's my song favorite on here. It's a yeah. perfect. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Like it has the one of the most of uplifting. Like, and on Martin O is like so cool, like just so dreamy and amazing. Well, it has a, a classically uplifting Radiohead uh, chorus. You know, if I will eat you alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, that's a perfect song, though. It's like everything I want. The vibe of that song is the best vibe in music to me. So didn't they basically like disown this album, by the way? Or not, not disown it, but I know Tom York doesn't like it. He says like it's like one of the old albums ever where like they kinda like forced themselves to record. Like oh, they like, I didn't, didn't I have know. they like didn't have songs and they, they basically like forced themselves to like, make an album. They he hasn't like disowned it. That's too strong. Yeah, they play they it's play a, a lot of these albums though. It is true, long yeah. as hell. I guess that's the only negative thing I would say is you could cut maybe like two to three tracks off here. Like I will, I guess I would cut. Actually, I really like Scatterbrain. It's hard to cut that. Scatterbrain Most of it is, is really good. good. Yeah. Um, what would I I'd give this one like a nine, maybe? I would say an eight point five for me. Because there is a little bit of filler. Um yeah. but it, it's a strong eight point five. I'm going to go with zero because the computer's going to see two plus two equals five and go haywire. <laughs> Does not compute. All right. It's not going to like that. Let's see. You were really close. 0.9. <laughs> I knew it. It was not going to like that. It's I, not correct. The computer liked all the kind of like bleep blorp shit on this album. 
Yeah, the point like nine the is solely or whatever. The point nine is there, there, and everything else is a zero point zero. Um, yeah, the computer's Alex never it. wrong. Two he plus did. two he equals right. five is simply illogical. Yeah, it's stupid. Why would you ever name a song that? Um, like my give my my kids are learning math right now, and if I give them this album, then they're confused as hell. Yeah. yeah. A, what if they don't have the context? What if they just see that on the back of a CD? Yeah, and they're, they're like, oh, well, this is probably true because it's written down. This is why I got a C in geometry in high school because I got this album then and that fucked me up. You should try to get it banned from your kid's school library. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, don't, I, I, if Radiohead's not already banned in St. Charles County, Missouri, I will get it banned. <laughs> just say it's common core math. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so then we move on to In Rainbows. To me, the other big masterpiece with OK Computer, this is a 10 out of 10 right here. This is for guys who are on the wrong side of 30. In my 20s, I thought OK Computer was the best. Now in my 30s, I'm like, oh yeah, In Rainbows is actually better because I like boring music now. <laughs> really? My opinion hasn't changed at all, honestly, since I was 14. Is it good? Uh, I don't know. I think it's like in the middle, honestly. I think it's in the oh, middle man. too. Charles, I think it's the first time like... It's kind of like some of those like Beck albums from the mid two thousands, where like they try to go back, and like Radiohead can never go back. And but I think they balanced everything well. Of like Body Snatchers is kind of a throwback song for them, and actually it's one of my least favorite on here. Weirdly, um, Body Snatchers but, is good. I actually do like, but so they can do that if it's that sound, then they can go back. Um, but Weird Fishes Arpeggio is one of the best songs they ever did. Fifteen Steps, amazing. Reckoner. 15 Step is amazing. Reckoner is really, really good. Reckoner actually might be the best song on the album. Uh, House of Cards is pretty good uh, for a ballad. I think to, one thing that also shapes my impression is that the In, Ra- In Rainbows from the Basement video is just the best live in studio performance of all time to me. And like watching them, especially Johnny Greenwood perform these songs is so mind blowing of like every single song he's doing something different, whether it's like House of Cards, he's playing with a quarter instead of a pick and like he actually makes it influence the tone of the guitar a lot you know and then like fucking um all i need he's playing a xylophone like all these little details that no one else could put a fucking xylophone on all i need and make it actually tasteful all i need is an amazing song by the way and also i think all i need does the gimmick of being super chromatic where it hits every note between you know a a sharp b c c sharp he hits every note in the whole like chromatic scale i don't know what that is it's colorful (laughs) yeah I'm totally music illiterate. I just know when uh, the rock sound good, Charles. I just um, knows what I likes. Yeah, I just does knows. this album bring the rock? No, barely. I think Not it does really. a little bit. A little it brings yeah. the guitars. It definitely brings the guitars. I think their synth budget had basically been like horribly. This was you know near around when the Great Recession was beginning. Yeah, their, <laughs> their synth budget had just been totally slashed, and they had to play guitars again. I think Weird Fish's arpeggio is like an example of their, the thing that Johnny Greenwood does most uniquely of like mathy songs that don't feel too mathy and like all these insanely interlocking parts that are so much harder than you think they are so much harder to think of. It's not even that it's super hard to play. It's just that like no one else would think of it besides him. And that's what that's better than making complicated parts. It's just making unique parts, you know? Yeah. You can tell this is when they started getting on the computer a lot and playing around with loops yeah, absolutely. They're just going going over four bars over and over, finding the perfect little three note guitar thing to put in it. 
which yeah. is a fun way to make music. It's very tedious, but you can also make some very cool sounds that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't come up with just playing it through the first time. On yeah, a real exactly. Instrument. Something like fifteen step. It seems clear to me that they came up with the like drum machine part first, and then just added the real drums kind of over it. Actually, that's something that seems like Radiohead does a lot after like Kid A, but they're they're pretty good at doing that, you know. Charles, who's more important, Johnny or Tom? I feel like they are basically both equally important, but Johnny Greenwood is my personal favorite, you know? But there is no, you know, without Tom, though, there is no such thing. Um, Yeah, they need each other, and they're both, like, top-level, all-time rock geniuses, you know? They are. Um, I hate to admit, uh, I I do like some of the Johnny Greenwood scores. Like, I've listened to some of the scores Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I mean, I knew that you The music from There Will Be Blood is awesome. The There Will Be Blood soundtrack is iconic. I say unironically about a soundtrack. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give this a 10, but you guys are going to give it less. What are you thinking? I say 7.6. Hmm. We're still on In Rainbows? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'll give it a 9. 5.9. They've got a lot of fives today. They do. Wow. It's, it's just a weak overall catalog. I mean, um, it hasn't really endured at all. Um, it was free. And yeah. worth every penny. Yes. Charles, by the way, we need to rate disc two. Oh, you're right. Disc two is surprisingly good for a bunch of outtakes. Bang is a mesh, four-minute warning. I don't think I've listened to disc two since we were both at Mizzou. Like, it's probably still on my Mizzou computer. I should listen to it more than I do, but it is good. I'll give it, like, a seven and a half. Disc two, I'll give you, like, a 7.1, because there are, for, for B-sides, they're really good. I don't think I've heard it in over a decade. Probably oh my god, not. it got a 9.0. So it's See, better yeah, than... Wow. <laughs> All right. That's where, they, that's where they cut loose. That's where they, they were kind of like back on the forward track again. Yeah, that makes of, it better than everything else except Kid A. Yeah, to, that's, to me, that's, that's why I brought it up. Because I knew that it was. All right, King of Limbs. I think this is genuinely underrated. It is. It's their one underrated album, since every one of their albums is at least properly or sometimes overrated. Yeah. I didn't get that much into this one. I listened to it a few times, but it didn't make a huge impression on me. I understand that feeling for sure. Like, it's more it's like a Tom dense. York solo album. It's like Johnny was like making too many scores, so it is like let Tom go crazy on this. But album. I don't even know if that's of. true because I think Johnny Greenwood just decided what if I do percussive guitar parts instead of melodic guitar parts. Like Morning Mister Magpie rocks, and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like you he just, just sounded like a tree guitar. branch, but you sounded like a tree branch there, by the yeah, way. Yeah, from the King of Limbs. You should be a voice actor. I I am. You should play a tree Honey branch. Um, but Bloom and Separator are like the two masterpieces on here. Lotus Flower's good. Give up the ghost like ev- is a masterpiece. I think. yeah. I'm gonna say I like everything except Feral. That's the only like low point for me. Um, I like Lotus Flower, even though like I don't know if I like Radiohead trying to be like you know, groovy or whatever. Um, but I do like Lotus Flower. Uh, I can't not think of the video though, and I kind of don't want to think of the video when I hear Lotus Flower. I also think that um, anyone who dis- thinks they dislike this album should listen to just Separator, um, Daily Mail, and Staircase, the the two that they put out separate from the album. Oh, the Daily songs- Mail. This album would be like a 9.2 if the Daily Mail was on it. Yeah, they just took the two biggest like bangers and then put them out as like a double single. Um, but those songs are what people who don't like this album would like from this era, you know? 
The Daily it's Mail. Weird. It's like a Beatles move. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The Daily Mail is like the uh, the spiritual successor to Pyramid Song. Yeah. I mean, well, Man, that's an amazing. No, song. the spiritual successor to Pyramid Song is their James Bond theme that got turned down. That's amazing. I know Spectre. that is. I have that. That song is amazing. And I guess uh, the Daily Mail eventually has like a rock freak out. Yeah, but. and that's more great Johnny Greenwood shit too, where he's just like hitting this one huge upbeat chord, just like when the, when all the horns kick in, like it's so sick. Maybe that's why it's not on the album because it just doesn't fit because of the rock freak out. I think that's exactly why. Yeah. That's an amazing um, song. I want to give that album like an 8.5 because it's much better than people think. I'd say 7.9, yeah. Um, and like, I feel like it's almost a better background album than Kid A is, where it's not as like discordant. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. I'd say 7.9. All right. The correct score is 1.3. I guess the critics were right. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Well, I guess I was right. Yeah. Not listening to this one. You got to hand it to the critics sometimes. The king of shit. <laughs> like the critics, you know, they don't sure they don't like they don't have any irons in the fire. They don't make anything. They don't contribute anything. But sometimes they're just right. Yep. And the album sucks. That's all we can say about that. Yeah, it just sucks. I mean, wow. Somehow we're gonna compress this all into an hour here. Moonshaped pool. Moonshaped poop. Zero. Ooh. It is pretty uneven. Like it has some like masterpiece moments, and then some songs I like never listen to. Yeah, it's like them in like full, like stately. Uh, this is almost like if you told Alex Turner to make a Radiohead album, Chuck. Yeah, um, for better and for worse, you know. Yeah, for better and worse. Like, uh, but it, I feel like it has more. Like, uh, I think the highs are a little higher on this than they are on both in Rainbows and King of Limbs. I think you and I have talked about before. Like the numbers is like one of their absolute. Oh yeah, best songs, incredible! It's like a Pink Floyd song for sure. Yeah, it really is. That's actually a great comparison. That's one of their absolute um, best songs. Burn the Witch is great. That's like a very Johnny Greenwood song where he's having the whole orchestra play with guitar picks instead of bows. And, and that was like, like their best unique sound, quote unquote, single in forever too. Like that was one I thought like maybe even like Butt Rock Radio would pick up, but they didn't. I remember. Uh, Sometime after this album came out, I asked my friend who plays viola if she would record some stuff for me using a guitar pick on viola. And she's like, nah, that's going to like fuck up the bridge. And then I imagined uh, Radiohead working with, I don't know if it was like the London Symphony Orchestra or whatever, but I just imagined that the, the guitar picks fucked up all their instruments. So on the way out, they're all just throwing their violins in the trash. <laughs> this album, by the way, too, is another Radiohead where the score would be higher if they included some of the B-sides. Um, Wasn't like, really like one B-side? Well, like, uh, it's Super Collider's from this era, right? No, that's uh, from uh, King of Limbs era. Oh, shit. Well, we got to up the King of Limbs score. Because Super, oh, Super Collider and the Butcher are both incredible. That's yeah, right. that's Those, the other double, like, single from yeah, uh, yeah, King of Limbs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. King of Limbs is a 9.2, actually. Well, not according to the computer. Yeah, so. it's a 1.3, so, yeah, so fuck you. We paid a lot for this computer. Uh, is this uh, one of those quantum computers, by the way? Yeah, of course it is. Shit. Yeah. We're going to pay this mortgage for the rest of our lives on this computer, but it's worth it. The mic doesn't pick it up, but it talks to us and threatens us and stuff. Charles, by the way, I'm really embarrassed that I forgot the Super Collider was King because the, the cover is literally like a bunch of limbs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Probably well, I really like um, Dex Dark on Yeah, Moon that's Pool. a good one. That's a good it's one. It's like um, Subterranean Homesick Alien Part 2 to me. 
I like Desert Island Disc. Uh, yeah, I like Present Full Stop's Ten- pretty good. Full Stop is really good. Um, then I think every song we didn't mention is just super boring. Yeah, I, True Love Waits is the most overrated Radiohead song. It is. Tinker Taylor yeah. is forgettable. I can't. Oh yeah, Tinker Taylor is just like a bunch of like, like kind of like uh, sounds like exhaust fumes, kind of. I think. Um, like a machine exhaust. It's just a bunch of British claptrap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stinker failure. That's what I call it. Yep. That could actually be a review of uh, Radiohead's whole career. Bunch of British claptrap. Bunch of noncery and claptrap. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely some noncery in there. From the five liver puddlians, Radiohead. Yeah. What do you say for Oxford guys? Uh, Oxford. Oxfudlians. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go with that. Oxfudlians. I'm sure it's something more stately than that. The, the only the only one they made sound dumb was Liverpudlians. No, what about um, Scousers? I hate Scousers. Oh yeah, Scousers are bad. Uh, yeah, I think pretty much every British slang term is just they're about all that terrible. Bad. Yeah, you don't want to be a likely lad. Yeah, you really. We don't could do want a, to be a one likely of these episodes lad. for the Libertines, but it would take like five minutes. Yeah, you really, really don't want to be a likely lad, or you really, really do want to be a likely lad. One, one or the other. I'm pretty into lad culture. I think we're all into lad culture. We're all alpha males. I mean, I literally write about football for a living. So um, don't yeah, it doesn't don't come get at any me. more lad than oh, that. Yeah. Don't accuse me. I just wish college humor was still around because <laughs> I'm a huge fan of college humor. And Dig, of course, Dig curating all of our amazing college humor for us. Um, so you didn't even have to go to college humor. I waited until I was in college. <laughs> Hey. Then when I left, I shed a single tear that I wasn't going to be able to enjoy college humor anymore. I treat it like my alma mater website. Yeah, it's in the federal code. You can only enjoy college humor when you're in college. That includes the Twitter feed. If you incidentally come across one of the tweets, you have to deactivate your account for a day. I make an annual donation to college humor. Yeah, they call me every year. my alma mater. (laughs) Yeah, they send me letters asking for donations to their fund. Because they they help me with my education so much. (laughs) Don't they? They ask you for jokes occasionally too, don't they? Yeah, it was your yeah, education I have to write in jokes comedy. For them. I don't do you want to know who uh, interned for them? I do. Cameron from Pot About List. Really? <laughs> he was there like way after it was a, a thing. Like it was already well into its like. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like twenty five. Yeah, and that yeah. shut down like a. Few it was years like ago. yeah, late years, late stage era. Um, but all right, okay, Moonshape Pool to round this out here. I give it like a 7.5. I give it an 8.1. I would give it higher. I feel like though I'm supposed to be wearing like a tuxedo when I listen to it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of one. It is a very buttoned up. Even for Radiohead, it's a very buttoned up album. What do you think, Alex? I, I don't know. I never listened to it enough to really give a confident score. All right. Let's see what it gets. I guess 7. Then. Yeah. All right. 8.0. One of their better showings. Yeah, damn. All right. I'll mm-hmm. take it. I mean, that it. is a fair score, though, actually. 8.0, I believe that. Charles, is this the la- similar to Pitchfork, right? P- no, oh, I'm yeah. sure. I think Pitchfork was like 8.8, actually. Well, let me they, see on Wikipedia. They went all in on this one, I remember. They went 9.1 on this one. Yeah, yeah. They wow. went all in on Moonshade Pool. They're the kind of dorks come who... very often. Like, they're the dorks who think True Love Waits is the best song on there instead they of are, one of the worst. Yeah. When real heads have just been listening to the live version since 2001. I mean... Charles, yeah, is this a, is this the is this the last Radiohead album, by the way? No, nah, they'll make another. You just I've can't say you when. About this before. 
Yeah. It might be five years, but they'll do at least one more. And they'll definitely tour again. There's no question. If they do one more, though, will it just be like more outtakes? Like, yeah, yeah, well, they found 11 more outtakes. I mean, I bet you, honestly, on. it'll be like three or four scraps from the smile whenever they step away from it. It'll be three or four older songs and then like three or four brand new ones. Like, that's just how they operate these days, you know? Because Moonshade Pool was like all scraps, wasn't it? Not scraps. Yeah, the vast like, majority like, of it was. Yeah, like all old ideas. But, but yeah, uh, uh, I think thanks I, for I think, dropping in and and taking this journey. Yeah, the computer sadly, as with everything, knows more than we did. Um, I'd say the computer scores were a lot more spot on than ours were. Yeah, but the Radiohead catalog rose all the way from like a one to a nine point eight. So I guess they're more varied than I ever imagined. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have talked shit about computers and their lyrics so much. Yeah, dumbasses. I was bitching about the computer, and look what happened. Okay, computer should have been called amazing computer if they wanted it to get a better score. That's yeah, right. Pretty straightforward. Um, they could have remained, you know, like a perfect, like a great counterculture band. Just like one or two concessions. Just don't talk shit on computers. It's pretty simple. Talk shit on like, the Tories, on the Labor Party, all you want, both parties, but just don't talk shit on computers. Yep, and they paid the price. They did. No one remembers right. them. No one will ever remember them. I can't. They, people can't even remember what album Super Collider came out around, Charles. <laughs> um, so th- they're fucked. Yep, it's all... They're only fading away rapidly from here on out. They'll never make another album again, and none See, of their albums matter. They're not even a real mattered. band anymore. They don't even the make albums anymore. that mattered are Kid A and the Disc 2 of In Rainbows. <laughs> so that is how history will remember them, is In Rainbows Disc 2. But uh, yeah, Pat, thanks for, for dropping by. Always my player. I like to burnish my music critic credentials, so I really appreciate the opportunity. 